that's what I hate. Okay, so this is totally off topic. My bad. But that's what I hate when guys are like, oh, women want to be equal. Can I hit you too? You can't hit anybody, bitch. It's called assault. You'll go to jail. What do you mean? And I guess because we can't hit, we say something. And yes, I... Hey, welcome to another episode of Something Old. And Something New. I'm Jeannie. I'm Allie. And we're here tonight. What are we talking about, Allie, tonight? What do you want to talk about? Oh, My entitlement to introduce myself. Oh, sorry, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's good. I'm Colin. You feel entitled to a conversation, do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> entitlement. Okay, that's what you feel Spunky like talking feels about? entitled. Colin feels entitled to introduce himself. Let's give us a minute. Go ahead, Colin. <laughs> I'm sorry. The mic is yours. No, I, I've already said my piece. I've already no, introduced no, myself. No, but it's, but it's yours now. No, this is, look. That is unfortunate for you, buddy. We're already in it too deep. I've already introduced myself. We're good. I have a cat on my lap. Nothing else matters. Okay. Um. <laughs> so let's just give ourselves a baseline here with a definition of entitlement. The definition being the belief that one is inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment. Does that give you any sparks of ideas, Jeannie? Um, Does that spark joy? (laughs) Sparks Karen. (laughs) It does spark a Karen. Sorry. Where did that, who came up with that? So retail workers mostly, what happens is when you run into a very entitled lass, in a public space. So it's not just Karen. Um, Susan was also a common one. What it is, is Kevin's they take... the male equivalent. Kevin or Chad. So what it is, is um, they just took categorically common names and just used them. Okay. So like if Jeannie was more, more common of a name, I could be like, Get your shit together, genie. You know, and like anybody would laugh. But because I only know one genie, it's kind of only funny to us. Yeah. And maybe somebody else who knows you. You know what I mean? Right. Do you know anybody named Karen in your generation or in the generation after you? I mean, Karen's really not. Not coming of a name anymore. No. Um, No, I actually don't know any Karens. I know a Susan. She really liked those memes, though. She always thought that shit was funny. <laughs> Yeah. She was always like, I love it when people call me Susan. First of all, because it's my name. And second of all, because I think it's funny. But she and I both like getting like roasted and stuff. So. <laughs> also, it was one of those things where like a lot of the the women doing it looked the same. Yeah, I they think had just like a lot the of soccer like, mom oh, haircut. They look like. Like that soccer weird- mom so, haircut. Wow, it was explain a, the soccer mom So I can haircut. show you a picture in a minute, but it was a bob where it was like short in the back and kind of like longer, longer okay, in the, the front. Style. And it always had those like Wasn't that Rachel chunky style? highlights. No, Rachel's style was a little bit longer. Um, this was a very like, it was supposed to be, did you ever watch Kate plus eight? Yes. She had the haircut okay, for a yes, long time. Yes. Um, so it was supposed to be a low maintenance stylish haircut. Right, so a lot of them doing a lot of things. And oftentimes you have multiple kids in sports do. or near cooking and all this stuff. Okay. So it was supposed to be a low maintenance haircut that you could style in different ways. Bangs, um, those chunky triple quad colored highlights that were wild. Um, stuff like that. 
So yeah, they it, it it started getting like the blonde, the one brown streak always. The back was spiked up, like it started getting kind of wild. Okay, it started getting kind of spooky. Um, and so they all had a very similar look, and it was like the soccer mom look. And then again, they just used a common name, but it was always like the women, the women with the haircuts were the women who you could look at and be like, "Fuck, she's in my line." <laughs> want to be next to her damn it she's walking towards me honestly something i just realized like because they're they were the soccer mom haircut those are probably the same people that started the uh participation trophies we were talking about last time <laughs> they required it my made child them feel needs better. a trophy to justify me yeah pretty yeah. much um and it was just always kind of funny that like i i know i've had karen run-ins I can't bring one up personally. I've had 10 years in retail and like six months in uh restaurant you work. Called so like Karen was I ever not Colin, were you ever called Karen? Not, <laughs> not, Chad, no, not, not in a way that I was ever actually a Karen. Like if I had a little tiny complaint, my coworkers would be like, all right, Karen. But it's like, I was never like legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had people actually. So there's this woman in uh at Staples one time. And the, we had a thing at Staples where if we went through a transaction with one coupon, you couldn't add in another coupon if you found one. Like, if you were good, that was it. You had to process the entire... Um, so to use a second coupon, once we were past a certain point, you would have to pay for everything, return it all, and I'd have to call a... Um, oh, my God. Call a manager, return it all, and then use it all again with the second coupon. And uh, she wanted it done. And it was during back to school at Staples. So wow. peak back to school. And she was returning so much shit. Like the receipt was super long. Wow. And it was uh, like the CBS receipt of doom. Yeah, it was awful. Did you go? Here you go, Karen. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know about it at the time. I was just the meme so was tired. was new. Okay. Yeah. Was the, fresh. Yeah. Um, so I had to return everything and the, and like, I was frustrated, but I was doing it. You know what I mean? So I wasn't complaining. I was just like, okay. Cause to check out a lot of stuff to be happy the entire time. And then to be gut punched with, oh, I have this other thing. And then you have to tell her the bad news. And then she responds all sassy. And it's like, I didn't do this. You did this. Right. So she just starts gallivanting to me about how it might not be ten dollars might not be a lot to me but it's a lot like i'm like like i know the worth of ten dollars i was a broke college student i just would have accepted the consequences of my actions i wouldn't have made somebody return two hundred dollars worth of stuff the thing was, you were on the clock. You're working. It doesn't bother you. It shouldn't bother you. It I was mean, annoying. It was an inconvenience, but I was doing it. And then the other people behind her were more inconvenienced. Yeah. But she just, it, the way that she explained to me, how, like, what $10 was worth to her, I don't give a shit. I don't care. Like, first of all, I know the worth of $10. I was I like, she had no reason to know me. She had no reason to know my financial background, but it was more annoying that she, and I, I think this is the problem I have with quote unquote Karen's. They try to explain it. Okay. Shut the fuck up. I'm already doing it. Like I have to do it. Do you, You've asked me to do it. I have to do it. Shut the fuck up and let me do it. Do you 
think that they explain themselves not for you. For them. For them. 100%. To make them feel better. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Your issues, you can talk out with your therapist. I'm not your therapist. I'm not being paid enough to be your therapist. Take your shitty boxed hair dye and leave me the fuck alone. I, I think the biggest thing I've seen with them is it's a misunderstanding of the system they're dealing with. And it's not my fault. It's mm-hmm. not her fault. It's not your fault. It's a system that it's I It's not even Staples' fault at that well, point. It just yeah. happened. But right. I, you know, it's like, there's something I have to deal with, whether it be a system of law, a, system, a computer system. There is something that I cannot bend to my will because I simply don't have the power. You don't have the power. There's nobody in this building that has the power to bend this to their will. So we have to go through this. We're in it together. Either deal with it or have a complete and utter breakdown. I, my worst actually also from Staples, both me and Allie did work there. We have a better one from Staples. Continue, please. Um, Mine, uh, I was ready to fight. Now, th- this almost made me quit. I was one of the lucky people who I could quit on the spot and it didn't affect me. I didn't need the job for the money. But uh, she came in for a laptop charger and I she didn't have the laptop. So I take her, <laughs> I take her to the laptop charger section. I'm like, okay, here's everything we got. Didn't we have one with like a multi-purpose tip? You could just like tri- yes. put on a bunch of, it was, a, it was like 200 bucks. But it was a basic one, and you had a bunch of little tips you could put on. Yes, but there was still no guarantee that would work for your laptop, and I couldn't test it. Right. So Because each laptop is so different yeah, now. They're, different, they're all proprietary. Okay. Any, but, yes, so. so I hand her what I think, based off what I've been described, is the best one I can hand her. The whole time I'm going, look, without your laptop here for me to test against my charger, because I, I had store copies, I cannot guarantee this will work. If it doesn't work, just bring it back. I'll return it. It's not the end of the world, but I make no guarantees. Right. Three hours later, she shows back up with it. Okay. She shows up with the laptop that time. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it doesn't work. I I sit there and I go through and I, I test because I don't want to do two transactions. I test and I go, okay, we do not have one in the store that will work. I can order you one, but I cannot make one work. The only one I got that can work is the store one. I can't give that one to you because I need it to fix everyone else's laptop. Can't do it. Oh my God, she went ballistic. She went so insane. She started lying about me. She like threw her teeth to my manager. She also threatened to have her husband come there and beat me up. Wow. I was livid. So what happened? She just oh, left? She, well, she got her, like I said, I will return this. Mm-hmm. I was about to start the return. I said, I just need to get my manager so that way I can start the return process. But in that time, she went ballistic. I would have been like, can you just charge my laptop and I'll come back and get it in an hour. Yeah. We're no, good. Well, we, we were closing. It, she oh. came in at like 830 and we closed at nine at the time or something like that. But I, the, the, the the manager at the time was getting in his ear because we had the little radios. I mm-hmm. I was cussing that one. I walked away. I said, I swear to God, let her husband come in here. I will end him. <laughs> Wasn't that the one where like you rubbed your eye and she was like, keep rolling your eyes at me. <laughs> yeah, no, no. She like Yeah, like you looked up and you just went, <sighs> as if to like de stress. No, because don't just, give me that 
side. And you were just de-stressing, and she was like, yeah, roll your eyes at me. It's like, whoa, honey. Yeah, no. I, oh, it's oh, not that deep. She lied through her teeth about me. Okay. That's what made me the maddest, was the lying. Right. Yeah, because what can you do about that? Yeah. You know, people make up shit all the time. Yeah. Um, what about, this is one of my pet peeves, and mm. I don't know if it goes with the entitlement or situation or not. But if I'm online and somebody cuts in front of me. It's kind of one of those, do they understand they cut or are they just being an asshole? No, they know they cut and they won't look at you or. That is definitely entitlement. Um, I personally honestly could be fucked to care. I was at the airport one time and the line was very long and there was a space because there was people had to cross over. So there was one worker and there was a good gap. So this, I went from, I went past the gap. So I was good, but this person stood there and tried to get behind me. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry. I just had to say something, even though it didn't affect me because she was behind me, but it affected all those people behind me. Yeah. It just was not right. Yeah, absolutely. I, if somebody cuts in front of me, whatever. If somebody cuts behind me, the pettiest thing I've ever done is I took all my items off the belt. I looked at the girl night like two behind and I was like, oh sweetheart, you only have like two things. Get up here. Well, and that's another story, because like I'll Well, you were at the airport, you couldn't do that. No, right. But, but um, I'm at the grocery store, if somebody's there and I my cart's full, I'm like you only have two items. Go ahead of me. I, I, I'm yeah. good. I'm not in no rush. I've been here. You can tell I've been here for an hour <laughs> yeah. stopping. No, no, I'm absolutely. not in no rush. You, you you don't have a lot to go. I always feel so silly doing that because, like, I, it's so ingrained in me to wait my turn that when somebody's like, oh, you only have two things going in front of me, and I'm just like, are you sure? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's like nobody cares. It's totally fine. But, like, my dumb little brain short circuits, and I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> Right. They're judging me. <laughs> yeah, I I let people pass all the time at Home Depot because I had I had a preferred uh um cashier, mm -hmm. and so the the other cashier is up. I have like a whole two carts of things. I'm like, no, nah, I'm gonna wait on the cashier who I know who knows my job. Well, site. it's also like, like if I know I'm about to be difficult, yeah, I'll let people go in front of me. Yeah, I don't and, have a problem with that. Like if I know I have to make a return and then I want to like. Right. If I know and I have some questions. Yeah. yeah. I, I appreciate. Let me tell you. Thank you, everybody that allows somebody else to do that and allowed me to do that because I've been in that situation where, oh, my. I, and I guess you want to call me Karen because I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to take. Well, OK, forever so you, and I only have this one item. You regretting it doesn't make you Karen. Okay. It's you like, again, just losing your mind over just a simple it happened thing like you don't have to come in guns blazing and the quote unquote Karen does. She goes from zero to 60 in 2.5 and there's no reason for it. There wasn't even room for it. I think one of the things is, is the fact that now they get called out on it because it used to be, if you got it, it, that person cuts in front of you, if you call them out, it's your word against theirs. There's no real proof about it. And they think because they cause a bigger scene, they can usually win, which does end up happening a lot of times by being the aggressor in that that, you know, and causing the biggest scene. A lot of times, whoever is in charge in order to get the big scene to stop, will go with the can I tell you person a causing story. the biggest scene. So 
I had a lot of things in my cart and I was in the store. So I said to this gentleman, I guess we were talking and whatever. And I said, oh, you only have a couple items. You can go in front of me. So he went in front of me. I started yelling, cut her, cut her, cut her. That's awful, actually. <laughs> and I was, he looked at me and smiled. It was funny at the time. Yeah. Well, yeah. so. No, actually, I do have a story. If you don't mind me telling it, we can cut it. Um. But you told me this story and it definitely makes you a Karen. (laughs) So you told me once you were at Publix Mm -hmm. and this lady, like she, you were in line to get helped at the customer help center and this lady totally bypassed you. Just for whatever reason, absolutely looked over you. Oh, yes. And the way you reacted absolutely makes you a Karen. Like totally, like I, I understand your frustration but oh my God, <laughs> when you told me that story, you're like, isn't that so funny? And I was like, I'm so glad I quit Publix because Jesus Christ. Oh, that I, I remember what's that what, lady. What's so funny I is re- like, I heard about that. I remember that story now. Wow. I forgot about it until you brought it up. But yeah. Why did that irk me so much? I mean, cause you were looked over. It would irk anybody to be ignored like that. Oh, that's because I was waiting and. And you had been waiting for I a hot minute. I've been waiting for a while. Yeah. And um, that's what's the problem is mm-hmm. that I was waiting for a while. And then she just swooped in and I, I, and just looked at somebody else so entirely. Because, but so that makes me a Karen because well, I said something. You would it, get labeled as one if someone was filming it. But it ultimately depends on how big of a deal you made. About it. That was kind of the point I was I was making. Now that we have filming out, like everything is everything's filmed, filmed and I it, hate that. Well, yeah. well. It, no, no expectation of privacy in public, and it is both a good and a bad thing. But their freakouts are so publicized that that's what's created the 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 whole Karen thing. But is I the fact that we see it I now. wasn't in the wrong for saying something. I was online. No. I was I waiting think, so there. I forgot exactly what you said. I'm sure you remember. I do forget. But I think if you had looked to the woman who did end up helping you and been like, "Hey, could I please just like." Have a complaint here. Instead, I think you looked to the lady and you were, you said something a little zingy. You know what I remember? That it was it wasn't the lady that cut in front of me. It was the worker there. It was the worker. She it ignored you entirely. Yeah. Ignored me. Knew I was standing there, and this lady just comes up. That's what irritated me. She knew I was waiting in line, mm. and she knew that lady wasn't next. Oh, now I wow flashback. Yeah, all the emotions came back and everything. Yeah, so I'm funny. getting angry. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like labeled a Karen, but also kind of not. It's well, well, one of those. I mean, order. I was standing up for myself. What's wrong with that? I'm a Karen. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, not like, at it, all it's what a, a Karen means. <laughs> and I, I want to say there's a thin line because instead of making just like a complaint to a worker, you actively like. Oh, I called her out. I you wanted actively to embarrass her. her oh, hell yeah. That is what makes you a Karen because like you made a scene that like, instead of just being like, Hey, could I grab a manager? please? This happened. I just want to, I just need a little, you know, side sidebar with a manager. You like called her out in public in the middle of a group. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes, I did. Um, your feelings are valid. I just wanted, like, I just meant to call out that little snippet yeah. of, like, here's an instance of. I remember that. Yeah. How, how big of a stuff. scene do but you then, cause? Right. Did anybody else notice the scene? I don't know. I wasn't there. I, I don't think so. Like I said, yours was yours was probably very much on the line. If someone had, like, filmed it, they might, like, have posted it to some TikTok page, Karen's Live, whatever, dot TikTok. 
slash whatever. <laughs> yeah. And but the um But I'm standing up for myself. To anyone just kind of standing there, you didn't cause a huge scene, so they'd probably just be like, eh, whatever. Like I mm-hmm. get it. It's it's one of the it's a conceptual it's a fine line for standing no, up to yourself but, but, and being a Karen and being absolutely everything. yeah we didn't have that back then you know like we're this this is the whole topic we weren't called Karen you know everything like you said that lady was wanted to get her husband to fight you okay you want to fight we'll fight I have no problem fighting oh no anybody. no I, I was ready to fight I I didn't ready not. to fight let's go I, I did ready not to fight. follow I'm ready the to rule cry. about box cutters I like. I was, I was not a. You settled it with punching the person. (laughs) Now you can't do that. Well, so like a forty-five-year-old man versus a twenty-one-year-old. It's called assault. Yeah, there's a word for it. There's a sentence time for it. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I hate. Okay, so this is totally off topic. My bad. But that's what I hate when guys are like, oh, women want to be equal. Can I hit you too? You can't hit anybody, bitch. It's called assault. You'll go to jail. What do you mean? And I guess because we can't hit, we say something. And yes, I don't hold my tongue sometimes. You know, I'm sorry. It's it's just going to come out. And you know what? When it doesn't come out, I'm like, why didn't I say anything? Why didn't I stand up for myself? So I think there's a very thin line as well, because you're walking two thin lines and you're right in between them. Um, There's a thin line between being a Karen and not. And then there's a thin line between standing up for yourself and being a pushover. Where, And like I said, there wasn't there were alternative options for you to choose from to express your complaints and argumentatively stand up for yourself. I think the thing that makes you a Karen to me Mm -hmm. is you opted to embarrass the lass to her face. Like oh, I, said, I was happy to embarrass her. No, and I, and I understand and that. that makes, yeah, I, but I get that, it. in that situation, that's why you're a Karen. You yeah. know what I mean? How big of a scene do you cause? Colin, stop with the scene thing. Jesus Christ, are it's, you done with that? It's not a scene. It's an arms race. We didn't call it a scene. I didn't cause I'm about to a assault scene. assault you. I'm going to cause a scene next time we're in the store together, Colin. Do I, it. I, I'll show you what a scene is. Jesus. <laughs> All right. So, entitlement I'm going to get so is, many views. What's that Pornhub? <laughs> Milf fights young stud. If your husband's there, I can tag it under cucking. Sorry, I am that so sorry. That would be great. Oh, did I end that joke? But Perfect. You know That's what? exactly hey, what I wanted to do. I'm sure other people have stories. Oh that, no, of course. I, and Please. I love to hear them. I, I, I hope you guys email us or send us your stories because we we like to share them and of stuff. Course. And, you know, are you a Karen? Or are you not a Karen? We will decide. <laughs> um, so entitlement is kind of a big tag that millennials get. I'm going to take the victim stance here. Um, so You're entitled yeah, to. I am entitled to. So, but yeah, so I'll, oftentimes when people talk about millennials to millennials, I think it's worse. They'll be like, yeah, you guys are so entitled. You have it so easy. That's kind of the fucking point, right? Like you struggle so I can struggle less. So the guy behind me struggles less. So that guy struggles. I mean, there are always the struggles evolve and change like a, like a germ. The struggles will always evolve and change. But hopefully I don't have to run a paper route in fucking what? Third, fourth grade like you did. And, and, and go saying that we did that. We did that ourselves. Our generation did it because we had to earn everything, you know, like my parents walked to school in the snow with no shoes, one sock. 
I walked <laughs> uphill both with ways. Two socks on, yeah. not one. But like, Only you know, uphill the one thing way. Is like you did a paper route so that you know your child could work a job maybe after high school, so that his kid could work a job you know, maybe just during college so that their kid doesn't have to work until after college. You know, and that's the hope. That's the hope that you want your children. That's the problem. You want your children to do better than you. And a lot of people have a hard time accepting that too. Once they, because once they do do better than you, it's hard to swallow. It's a hard pill to swallow. It's a hard pill to swallow, but I, right. Me personally, I want to see my children succeed better than I have succeeded. And you would hope that they do. And I think, So that's like a mini struggle I think my parents have with me um, because, and this is not an entitlement thing, so we can cut this out, no problem. But um, my dad has very, he reacts to things um, in a very high vocalized manner. And my mom reacts to things in a very low vocal. Ironically, they're both like, my mom had very femme wants for me. I'm in the kitchen with her baking, despite the fact that a lot of her um, interests are very masculine. Like she doesn't put on makeup. She only recently really got into dressing herself and her low self-esteem slowly rising and stuff like that. But due to low self-esteem, she never got into makeup. She never got into clothing. She just wore whatever she had. My dad very much cares how he looks to a certain degree. So you could argue that's a very effeminate trait. So like her not caring, she always got frustrated when I didn't want to do hyper effeminate things. And my dad always got frustrated when I also didn't because I didn't care about how I looked. But they both like kind of caused that. Right. Now, I like to think I have evolved and I am partially both better than my parents. I can walk around not caring how I look just as well as I can put on some makeup and a nice outfit and be totally fine. So, yeah. And that's just like a weird thing that happens and I think they both get very frustrated with me that I'm, I took what they gave me and I changed it to fit. And to you could, for you. you could argue that I, I took what they gave me and made it better for me. And you could argue that that's very frustrating for them. Now you're welcome to cut that. Cause I know it has nothing to do with entitlement. Um, but again, so back to topic full circle. Um, you really hope your kids have better than you. And then it is tough when, um, you see them have better. Cause then it's like, fuck, <laughs> could I have had that? And the answer is right. probably no the answer to some degree is probably no, you couldn't have. Cause it's different. You want to make life easier for them. Um, you know, we couldn't afford to go to college or whatever thing, but I made sure my kids knew they were going to college. Was that the right thing or the wrong thing? Should they have gone to college? Should they have gone to a trade school? Should they have just gone to a a job afterwards? I think that's entirely up to your kid. I think the only way you would have been the, and I'm using air quotes, bad guy, is if, you know, your son was like, hey, I don't want to go to college. Here's my game plan. And you were like, nope, fuck your game plan. You have to go to college because I didn't go to college. He's not here to fix your trauma. He's not here to fix your, you know. Right. And I don't want to live. And some people vicariously live through their children, which I don't want to live through my children. But, you know, it, he was ha- he seemed happy to go to college. We're yes. Good. But um, when you when a lot of people talk, millennials get tagged with. Entitled. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that sort of makes our generation seem like the entitled one is we were 
sort of given the world. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of us weren't set up to deal with any failure. So when there was failure and some people dealt with that fine, you know, like you have set up your, your children to where they can deal with failure. I was set up to deal with failure. Um, Allie, I know you've been set up to deal with uh, failure to at least some extent. No, that's okay. Keep going. Um, I, I, I helped some with that, but, um, you, but I was, <laughs> okay. I was an adult by then. Yeah. But like, there's a lot of people who are set up and can deal with some extent of failure, but there's the people. I, yeah. I have to agree with that. I have to agree that we don't want, we want our kids to succeed. We're going to do everything we can to help them succeed, but we didn't teach them about failure. Yeah. And like, I, I, I know people personally who were, set up for success in every way, shape and form and pretty much handed the world. But then they failed at one point and that one failure, they had no idea how to do with it. And it was a death spiral. Instead of a trip, it. it was a fall. And so now their entitlement, they feel like they're entitled to all the successes that they missed on because they weren't set up. They weren't taught to deal with that failure point in the same way that some others. Have. I think that's important. It's important that, um, yes, if you don't succeed and there were things that my children didn't succeed in mm. and they wanted, okay, what can we do to help you succeed in that? That's what the question was. And that's what we did. Okay. So you didn't make it the first time you didn't make it on the team. You didn't make it. You still want to be on that team. Okay. What can we do to help you get on that team? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's one of those, and you know, you you gotta be able to pick yourself up. And some, some people, it's your generation, do they know how to pick themselves up? A or lot we of us do. Know how to pick ourselves up? So, so something something else. This, Kids, you're gonna fall down. <laughs> a lot of us either were taught how to pick ourselves up from failure. Usually, someone from a lower middle class or blue collar family. They witnessed their parents' failures and struggles, and so that you know kind of spills over, and they're able to do things on their own. But someone who's might be in a more upper middle class family, they may not have seen as many failures from their parents, so they wouldn't have self taught themselves. And it's up to the parent to teach. And I'm not well, saying. Well, you also run the risk of those families that do everything for how it'll make them look. So it's like if right, you it's fail, even... it's literally the end of your world. Yeah. So. You know, some some of us are self-taught. Some of us are uh, were taught by our parents. Um, it it all can vary, but the, I think what it comes down to ultimately is the ones who weren't taught are the ones who are complaining. You you don't hear us complaining about our failures because okay, I failed this job interview or this broke or whatever. Are you willing to talk about your failures? A lot of people don't want to talk about their failures. They'll avoid the subject. Well, for some of us, it's irrelevant. I want to whine about it all the fucking time. (laughs) No, but I mean, you know, like I was going this way and I couldn't pass the test several times. I tried several times. I tried everything. I couldn't pass the test. I accepted, okay, I'm not supposed to go that way. How do you accept your failures? Do you accept them or you? So, and I think because we're we're I setting you up anim- for success. I hate and, using anime as an example, but sometimes we're we're setting you guys up for success. And yes, that's our fault too. We taught you your 
supposed to have this. We want you to have the world. We could be the president or an astronaut. Right. You're, you're told that, you know, Hey, you can be this, you can be that, you can be anything you want, which is great to an extent, but I I have to um, say, yeah. Did we teach failure? Did we teach what to do when you failed? I think the biggest thing is, yeah, you can teach failure. That's easy to teach failure. Hey, can you suck? <laughs> like, but like, it's hard to teach how to make failure okay, how to normalize failure, how to desensitize your kid to failure. Cause how like, to move past it. How to move past it. And I think, and something I learned at Publix, which is a rare statement, is it doesn't matter how you do it as long as you get the required result. It, they didn't care how I made the icing rose. Mm-hmm. As long as I made the stupid fucking rose. They didn't care how I did. They didn't care if I stood in the freezer. They didn't care if I stood on my head. They didn't care if I stuck my tongue out the entire time. They preferred I didn't do it in front of customers. They didn't care. <laughs> as long as I made the stupid rose and put it on the stupid cake. And that's something math certainly doesn't allow that. You know, so that was hard. But sometimes you look at the problem and you just for yourself, you're not looking at it the right way. And I don't, I'm sure my parents tried to teach me this. I just don't think I got it. But sometimes you just have to turn the problem. Look yes. at it from a different angle. And sometimes that angle is going to make you look like a fucking idiot. But so be it. Right. But yeah. Um, I think we're way off topic right well, now. Yeah, we're gonna, hey, this has been a little shifty. I'm going to revolve it back here. Let's so back to entitlement. I read a blog by a Mr. Ryan Jenkins. Um, he is a certified speaking professional, an international keynote speaker, and um, he specializes in, or not specializes, he's a Wall Street bestselling author on topics of leadership, genera- um, generational differences, workplace loneliness, and future of work. I'm just letting you know whomst I'm reading from to give you some form of, hey, she at least tried. It's right. not just someone with a website. It's not what just is his name again? I'm sorry. His name is Ryan Jenkins. Okay. So he offers that the entitled behaviors that millennials are specifically accused of are expecting to land a job upon graduation, mm-hmm. demanding a certain salary or promotion, and assuming, uh, yeah, assuming specific or modified hours. I thought I had to burp again. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, if I do the job or if I do the schooling, yeah, I kind of expect to be able to go and get that job. That makes sense. Like, one plus one equals two. Mm-hmm. I did the schooling. I did really good at the schooling, so I got the degree. N- now I get the job. That's how that works. Like, when I put the penny in the machine and I press the button, I get the candy bar. Yeah, that that's kind of that we were set up for success. I did all the required work. Give right. me the fucking job. Yeah. I'm qualified. Give me the fucking job. But we weren't ever told about the the pitfalls in it. And and I'm gonna use my sister as an example. So my sister has a master's degree. And when she got out with that master's degree, she was working as a babysitter, making just a she little made pretty good money as a yeah, she, she was like she a was, governess. Well, she was making Okay. Yeah. But um she was trying to get an actual job in her field. Mm-hmm. And it was a nightmare. It took almost because a year. Because she didn't have experience. Yeah. And and we can go all day about the the experience. Part, and you know, the, thing, right. But, education. And 
uh, something my dad said to her that really helped is, look, you have basically started over. You are a baby again. And here in a bit, you will be a toddler and a child and all these things. You are basically starting from scratch in this field. Right. You want to go into babysitting or retail or any of these other jobs you've worked. You have, you're a teenager, you're an adult. Over here, you're a baby. Just give it a minute. It's going to suck, but it will get better. And eventually you'll hit that point where you are making what you're worth because she has a master's degree. She should be making decent money. But she has no experience, so that was holding yep. her back. She she ended up working like a government job for Parks and Rec for like eight months before she finally got a job in her degree field. And now she is making money. She lived like a pauper for those eight months because she was not making the amount of money that was really deserved of the amount of education she had. Now she has the education and the experience, and she's starting to really speed up. But that little eight-month period, that's where a lot of people kind of get upset. They kind of freak out because, yes, there are a lot of issues with the system, but no one ever explains to you that, hey, you're starting over. Yes, it sucks. Give it a minute. I'll help you out some. And then once it gets going, it's going to start moving fast. Do you know when I was younger, I worked for this company and three of the vice presidents did not have a college education. Hmm. They worked their self up through the system. Somebody would have had been like willing to hire them though. Right. But they worked their, their way up. And that was the way it was for our generation was like, everybody didn't go to college. They learned from experience and they worked their way up through the company nowadays. My grandmother worked for a design, an interior design company, and she only had a high school diploma, but she refused to hire anyone with less than a college degree. My dad actually got on to her about it, but that it, it's one of those, the requirements keep getting bigger sort yeah, of things. I, I, I'm not going to agree with you there. I, I think that's kind of oh, wrong. I, I definitely think that's I wrong. disagree with it. My dad disagreed with it when he found out about it. Uh, but it, the requirements keep getting bigger. Right, but they were successful. These people were very successful in their positions and they were very respected in their positions too. But nowadays, if you don't have that ABC after your name, good luck. Well, what's worse is you're required. So like, I remember when I was trying to leave Target, I was trying to get out of retail. I wasn't going for like, when I say I'm entitled to work, I don't mean I deserve the corner office. No, I don't. Obviously, I don't. But I have an associate's degree in social sciences, which means I took a lot of social classes. Um, and I, I can do data entry. I can go on YouTube and make a program that does data entry. It would take three hours, maybe, depending, plus Colin's help. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, but I can, you know, so it's like it wouldn't take much to do data entry, just a little bit of training. Tell me how you want it done. And then I can sit the computer for hours and do it. Fine. Mm -hmm. Everywhere I went, they wanted a bachelor's degree. To put, Why? Why to put numbers that? in a computer. Why do you need that? No, you don't. You don't. You don't need it. It's some bullshit. Ba they call it bare minimum. I know it's not. I know this isn't entitled. I'm sorry. I just have to fucking talk about it because it's awful. It's stupid. You don't need it. Right. And it just, it, I put in an application for 
300 places. I put wow. it at 300 applications before I got, before I had the idea to apply to Publix. Wow. And yeah. then just absently was like, fuck it, I'll do warehouse work and apply to Scholastic. Yeah, it, it's uh, employers feel like they're entitled to a college educated person, but yet no college educated person wants to work that job at this which is so they're allowed to feel like that job that's interesting that's right nobody wants to work at some bullshit little job when they have a college degree but the but the job's allowed to feel entitled to my college degree but i'm not allowed with my college degree to feel entitled to an appropriate job how an appropriate entry job i will say one of the the problems with it is the i call them the barista degrees jokingly but you don't have the experience either so it's so a, train me. It would take it's, two weeks. Right. It's it's a no-win situation. Well, it's yeah. a no-win situation. So, I, like I, said, I jokingly call them the barista degrees. But the degrees where in this field, there's basically not a lot of jobs outside of working at a college. Um, so there's it's, there's it's an oversaturated field. And that's who ends up eventually working these jobs that require a college degree for no reason. And so they're able to get away with it because there is those, there are those oversaturated degree fields that end up trickling down to places that really should not need a degree field at all. Yeah. And that's what happens. But, and there's a whole argument there that like the older generation needs to fucking retire and they won't. And that's, that's not an entitled conversation. We can have that conversation later, but that's like the talking point on that one. Let me, let me hit up these contributors real quick like so mr jenkins um offers five contributors to our entitled quote-unquote entitled behavior okay the first one super easy parenting and we kind of cover this super quick it's a learned behavior um not a problem we really touched on that early so i'm gonna really skip by it the second one is human nature i mean it is human condition to be selfish and not like I'm going to take all the candy because I'm selfish, but like you're allowed to want things for yourself. Right. And I think that was a hard pill for your generation to swallow. My parents certainly have a problem swallowing, wanting things for themselves. Yes. My mom will spend hours telling me she deserves this top. And then she will never buy it because she isn't sure. It's like, just buy the fucking top. It's fine. Like I get paid. Our, our, our generation has a hard time with that. Why? I don't know. But right. It's hard it's to say. Like, if you spend yes, the money, we do deserve this. It's because if you spend the money on the top, you could have spent it on food. Mm-hmm. You could have spent it on towards a well, bill. Well, I'll give you a perfect example. My husband will say, "Here, here's fifty bucks. Go get your toes painted or your nails painted. What do I do with that fifty bucks? Go pay a bill. Yes. Yep. Or I buy something for the whole family. There's always something better to spend it on. Why but I do that? I don't know because. Because you were raised to be family centric, you were raised to just put yourself on the back burner. But the problem is that is not you can't thrive under that. Mm-hmm. You just it's it's like putting rocks on yourself to crush yourself to death. I'm watching my mom do it every day. Mm-hmm. She puts herself on the back burner and she's all burned up. She she can't. She's so her entire nerve like emotional nervous system is a raw nerve right now. 
Like I came in and the door, the sliding glass door was open and I closed the door and it shut just hard enough because of the air pressure was off. So it mm-hmm. closed really hard. She goes, you're coming in with an answer. I said, no, I'm not. Hold on. Hold on. Let me put myself down. Hold on. We can talk about this. Hold on. Right. You know, but she was, but she's such a raw nerve right now because she's needed 10 different ways by people who shouldn't need her, by the way. But she's put herself on the back burner for so long that she's trying to live for herself and people are getting in the way. So she's experiencing things I experienced right as I was entering college and getting my first job is I finally had time for me. I was finally putting myself first and it felt like everybody was getting in the fucking way of that. And, and I'll say, you know, we learned and through Oprah, it's t- you got to take care of yourself first so you can take care of everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. That's such a hard thing to do. Because it's considered selfish. Yeah. In our generation, it's considered selfish. In your generation, it's entitlement. Well, yeah, but And that's something that I encourage everybody else to do. I um, gave myself a gift on my 20th birthday. I told myself that I would give myself 10 years to be totally selfish. If I wanted to go to college, I'd go to college. If Mm -hmm. I had a reasonable reason to want to quit college, I'd quit college. And I did. I had a perfectly valid reason to quit college um, for me. And, um, you know, I wanted to change jobs into a job that was just totally wild and out there and I did it. And then I wanted to change jobs again. And you could argue that it was self-preservation, but people stay in abusive jobs all the time. I could have stayed, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I didn't, I, I chose to be selfish. You know, I, I did a lot of like little, what you, what anybody would call selfish or entitled acts. And I've given myself 10 years to do that. And I'm 28 now. So it's like, fuck yeah. it. But yeah, it's, it's been honestly lovely. If I want to buy that shirt, even if it looks like shit on me, if I want to buy it and resell it later, fine, but I'll buy myself right. that shirt. But I gave since, myself permission to do that for me. Right. And your little things aren't irritating you little things. Like you said, with the door and everything, I'm much not more controlled. I, I, yeah. I get that when I pamper myself, Yes, I feel better. The yeah. energy is better in the house. Mm-hmm. And it's true. And we go back to when we were talking about, I should do this for myself. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. It's okay. It's you okay. have to unlearn the behavior and it's never, I don't think you'll ever unlearn it. Because I still, I mean, I still feel bad when I buy myself some clothes because it's like I could save this money. Or if I'm, if I, it's the worst with food. If I buy myself something, especially if I try something new and it sucks. Why did I it's waste the my worst. money on that? Because it's like, oh, my God, I spent money on that. I could have saved it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, I spent money on ice cream. Despite the fact that I totally deserve that ice cream, I could have saved it. Yeah. It was fucking $3. It's not that deep. $3. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have that in quarters. I can go put that in my bank account. Well, it's that freaking so, bad. Uh, the, the, this, the ice cream reminded me of something. So I was at an ice cream party in like <laughs> elementary school <laughs> and you will never see more wasted ice cream than an elementary school end of your ice cream party. But nobody wants but that it's ice, not cream about after the ice cream. It's about those kids on how happy they are. It's not about the ice cream. What? It's just the joy and their excitement. Well, also and people throw it away because nobody wants the grimy hands and yeah. booger ice cream. Well, yeah. so <laughs> we get the ice cream, the gummy bears, the all of it going absolutely hard and at the end of it one of the some girl's grandmother i think could not she was she was upset by the fact that so much food was going to waste 
And so this is someone who had been raised by, you know, they, they, they had had some interaction with the Great Depression. Like that, that that's how old right. they were. And my dad turns to him because he was there and he goes, but isn't it great that they can waste that? It, it, it was one of those things. We, we it was had the, just the joy and the yeah, excitement that you we had the ability happen. to waste something. You have so much that you can waste it. Yeah. And isn't that a blessing? Yeah. And yeah. that's a hard pill for our generation. It's, to swallow. it's a hard pill for anybody to swallow, especially anybody who's gone through a tough time. But like you said, the offset to buying yourself something is just feeling better. Right. And so like And there's more to give when you feel better. Exactly. You're finally replenishing your cup so that you can then fill others' cups. That is true. So it's like, what's a ten dollar t shirt when the rest of your week feels better? That ten dollar t shirt is so much more than a ten dollar t shirt. And I think So wait a minute. Everybody, take a moment for yourself. Do something for yourself, whether it's getting your nails done, getting a shave. Just do something you want to do. Get yourself a little special treat. Be entitled. Just don't be a jackass about it. Get a piece of chocolate. Watch your show. Just do it. And the joy comes out through you through to everybody else. Absolutely. And I don't think it's entitled to want like a nice thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's entitled to make it someone else's problem that you want a nice thing. That's true. Uh, yes, um, that's a good way to say it. Yeah. And I'm going to kind of wrap that back into my third point of the contributors, knowledge and skill shifts. So um, this was written, I believe this was written back in 2019, for the record. So um, at that time. Before six, COVID. <laughs> well, just before COVID, yeah. 68% of hiring managers acknowledge that millennials have knowledge that previous generations never had. Interesting. So, yeah, I'm going to be entitled to that slightly better pay raise because I'm coming in with more. If I'm offering more to your company, even at entry level, why wouldn't you want to offer the good face? That's a hard pill for older people to swallow. Can I say that? No, that's fair. You're coming in at 25 and I'm seasoned, 50. Perfectly seasoned. I'm right. Half your age. Yeah. And you're getting more money than me. That's a hard, or the same amount of money. That's as a you? hard pill for somebody to swallow. Absolutely, and I experienced it at Target because Target did a hiring event for the holidays. Um, I walked in and got fifteen dollars an hour, and everybody who had been there for years. But I had a friend who actually um, got me that job, and he got bumped up from twelve to fifteen dollars an hour because but he, he got fifteen. Well, it's because they were bumping. If they bumped the new people up, they had to bump the old people up. So now. So for him, it was a pay raise. For me, it was a baseline. Right. But he, how long has he been there? He had been there for quite a while. So is that really fair? Absolutely not. He should have been making. And it's a hard. Right. Because you came in at 15. So he should have been making 20. Absolutely. This is my fault. No, no, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And he would get so snippy with some of the new hires. And it's like, dude. We're brand new. This is this isn't our fault, but it's because he couldn't really like. What are you gonna go do? Go up to the general manager and be like, "Hey, fucker!" <laughs> like, let's right. we're not talk about. No, you're not. Fuck, because you fired. need that job. Yeah, 
you know, and um, so, yeah, it's, uh, and it gets worse I, with a college degree. And I guess, you, you know, it's, it's our fault and it's your fault. It's both faults. It's both rights. No, and, it's and the it's, system. I, I would argue that it's okay, the it's system, a system because it's, the system should have been. So, um, my dad is, has been working at this company for 13 years and he should be getting 20, 22, 23, $25 an hour. He should absolutely even, I would argue $32 an hour because as far as I can tell, he goes and he doesn't complain. He does his job. He goes home. Right. He comes home in a shit mood, by the way, for the record. And uh, honestly, I would like, uh, I, I would like recumbent's pay, uh, because I have to deal with that <laughs> when I get home. And no. it's hard for somebody that gets hired on. And it, he had, he dealt with that. They were getting $28 an hour. That's hard. That's hard. How do we deal with that as a society? What do we do? What well, what should we so do? What that, can we do? That's part of that like attitude me coming in. You know, it's like if I I Colin, think I'm more some, well anybody has an attitude with you coming in. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. So, no, 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 you're good. So um I'm only kidding. So I no. I ask for the moon. And I if I get it. Cool. I didn't ask for enough. I should have been asking for Mars at that point. Mm -hmm. But um, so I ask for the moon and then see if I can get a Boeing 747. Yo, I guess you can get out of the atmosphere. Yeah. Like, but we taught you that our generation taught you to go for more. Why doesn't we why don't we go for more? We're we're able to teach our children that you're so used to getting scraps that why would it be any different? Well, you know, that's your norm. Why right. would it be any different? Which is stupid, but it's worse that it gets taken out on us. Well, that so, shouldn't. it shouldn't because we taught you to do that. And it's the system's fault above everything else. Exactly. What's worse is it's your it's the slightly older Generation X and boomers that do it. So it's like it's your own people doing this to you. <laughs> How shitty. And I think that's a harder pill to swallow than. And I think we take it out on your generation instead of taking it out on the people that do it. To I mean, us. it's like it's like the traditional Disney school bully. The one mom is like, why are you two pounds more than me? This protagonist girl's so much skinnier. So she bullies the protagonist girl. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, that's how that works. It just trickles down. It's this is this is bare minimum trickle down. Yeah, that, that's one of the biggest problems. Like court corporate America. One of the biggest problems with it is there is somebody breathing down that manager's neck because somebody is breathing down their neck who's breathing down, down their, their neck. neck. But I didn't let you finish your original, what you were Good. originally saying. So my fourth point is. <laughs> the, 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 the asking for the moon. So, oh, uh, the, well, my dad, my dad's the one that taught me that and he'll do it. Like him, him and my mom had the same job at one point. My dad was making more than her just because he asked for way more. Like I, I he, he, this was a long time ago. Minimum wage was like $3 an hour, but he asked for like $10 an hour. And they're like, we can't do that. They could do seven dollars an hour. My mother came in at like the three, four, five dollars an hour, whatever the minimum wage was at the time, because she she never asked, she never pushed. And my mother, she won't ask for a raise, she won't push. She's she's not in she's not an aggressive person. So whenever she's gotten a job, she's always made just the absolute minimum. We accept that, it. That, that generation accepts not it. just generation, but women. Yeah. Yes. Really bad at just accepting things as they are. Yeah. That that is not the whole of the the wage gap, but that is a huge part of it. Yeah. Is just simply that I'm going to go in and I'm going to demand to get paid more because I think I'm worth more. 
And I and, just think I'm lucky to be there. Yeah. And, you know, the next time a, a, a yep. wage increase comes around, I'm going to go after it. Like, I left Staples very shortly after the wage so increase. So is that a Chad and a Karen? Because they're going no, after that? No, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. No. Um, depending on who they are, they're just either somebody who knows they deserve it and they're going after it, which good for them, all power to them. What or about they, the people that don't deserve it and go after it? That's entitlement. Well, yeah, it, it's one of those things you, I, I've always proven myself. I, you but know, who I, decides who, who gets it, who, who's actually worth it or not? Hey, yeah, I've been doing this job for. Often it's the ass kisser who gets it because they're the most worth it because they'll kiss ass longer. Yeah. They'll put up with, they will put up with scraps. And, and I guess that's where it comes into where I'm not kissing your ass. Yeah, yeah see, and that's and you, but you need the boss that doesn't want you to kiss their ass. I came into Staples at a higher pay, but I did not get the the increases because I wasn't kissing ass. Now, granted, I had one manager who, if I had asked under him, I probably would have gotten anything I wanted because, and and I was being brutal to him. But under the other managers, I was either really new, and so I wasn't in a position to ask. By the way, I went through like four or five general managers. That that place had a huge turnover rate, or I had cut my hours down so much because my schooling was more important or the business I was starting was more important that I had, I wasn't really something that I could prove. The one manager that it was under, what it was, was ultimately I had so much backup in my numbers, in my, my proof of work that I didn't have to kiss ass. And the ass kisser got it because I just didn't bother at the time. It, it was one of those weird situations for me actually when it comes down to it thinking back mm, okay um the Not fourth that. contributor of possible entitled behaviors is ownership so the millennials we've essentially been able to customize our entire life i mean you can, we can go online and live as however like we can customize our entire online experience like TikTok is really good about that. Once TikTok learns what you like, you only get those videos. You might get the random offshoot video. Sometimes. Sometimes. But like generally your inner your entire internet experience is what you make it. It's totally customized to you. Your entire life, you I mean, our entire lives in our little bubble, we can customize to ourselves. So why can't we customize the rest of it to us? The fifth contributor to possible um, entitlement for millennials is fast times, which means millennials have new expectations of what's possible and less tolerant of what has was. Um, sorry, you're dabbing your lips, really. Anyway, um, have new expectations of what's possible and less tolerant of what has become with what's come with all of our progress. So, um, the behavior English. <laughs> sorry (laughs) so it's like it's essentially saying sorry i also shorthanded this really bad um but essentially what it's saying is like society as a whole has quickly we've taken almost a hundred years of progress and shoved it in like what 10 21 oh yeah like we have just fisted technology to a degree that is unfathomable. And it's, we're so used to that speed that when anything slows us down, we're like, seriously, why? 
Why are you slowing us down? down? Stop I it. I want this and I want this now and I want this now and I want this but now. There's, but you want it now because there's literally no reason why you shouldn't have it then. So it's like, why are you slowing us down? Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Our biggest thing was the microwave. I think the phone changed our lives. Our biggest thing was the microwave. And yeah, phone is often what's in, associated with our entitlement because a lot of times they talk about us, you know, it, the iPhone in hand. And what's funny is none of us are iPhone users, but and demanding things that that's what I constantly hear when you talk about entitlement for my generation. Uh, we had I don't know if you remember these old shows that used to have the car phone. Yeah. And they were huge. And like, yeah, huge. You know, and we were. I remember taught, Jurassic Park too. Yeah, <laughs> we were. Hey, it's getting dark outside. You come inside. You went out and played all day. Nobody knew where you were. Nowadays, it's like, why didn't you answer your phone? I don't know where you are. I can't get a hold of you. Well, it also doesn't help that you can turn on the TV and find twenty-five reasons why you should keep your kid locked in their room, and even <laughs> then, there's twenty-five more reasons why you should not. <laughs> and then there's Snapchat to see where your kid is at. I would want to know where my kid is. <laughs> For the record, I would not pop this child out and then be like, "Hey, get fucked." <laughs> Here's your phone. I, I went through all this effort to push you out, suffer, you know. But um, so the behavior is perceived as an um the fast times behavior is perceived as entitled um because we are less tolerant of not moving quickly, like I just mentioned. But uh, you we, want it now. I don't yeah. get that. You don't move quickly, but you want it now. Yeah. Um. We are better educated to the new world. We live where success can be achieved much faster. And we have mastered the tools to help level any playing field, which comes into some of the, and you guys get frustrated with us because whatever. So, and I use this a lot. I would go into an interview and they'd be like, well, do you know how to use X, Y, Z program? Well, I used it in high school, so I'm a little rusty, but I have YouTube. Five minutes on my phone on YouTube. I can figure everything out. Oh, my out. God. And that YouTube. Let me tell you, I've learned so much through YouTube. Exactly. Anything. But I you had everything. Just... You know, you're right there listening into the interview and you had everything memorized. And I can just look it up on YouTube, whatever I want. Yeah. In in pro audio and, and music, there's uh, before there was pro tools, there were pros. Now, like, God, pick a doll. They all work. You could do anything in it. I, I have basically a million dollar studio worth of racks and gear on this laptop in front of me yeah now i just have to figure out how to use it and obviously the guy who's probably been twiddling his knobs for the past 30 years is going to do better you know it's funny um not excel it was called lotus Mm. lotus was before excel i had to teach myself that spreadsheet yeah i didn't have youtube I didn't have any of that. Mm-hmm. It took me a long time to learn it, but yes, I did learn it. And then of course, something new came out, Excel. Came yeah. Out, and I've learned that too. Yeah. But with YouTube, I learned how to fix a faucet. I learned yeah. how to put in a screen porch. Yeah. I learned it's a blows your mind what you can learn and how quickly. And it must be. And I know it's so frustrating when, you know, I've, I've memorized how to use Excel and then this kid comes in and within five minutes of Googling is doing exactly what I'm doing for probably twice my pay. That's fucked mm-hmm. up. And I understand where, and like, I want everybody to understand millennials understand why that's fucked up. We expect you to fix your own problems. Just like you expect us to fix our own problems though. You know, you're like, eh, hey, hey, go on the YouTube and figure out how to put, uh, 
you know, WD-40 on your door. We're like, <laughs> you know, whatever. Fine. We're like, hey, 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 go to the boss's office and ask for that raise you deserve. Like, stop. Like, <laughs> I, I would like to point out something about the go figure out how to do it on YouTube thing. So uh, I do all my own work on my cars. And I went to go Good try. Good for you, Colin. Go to YouTube. You'll learn more. No, no, no. So I went to go try and figure out a part for one of my cars and in trying to figure out how to do this and what part I need and all that stuff, Google had decided that because of, I guess my age, um, that I was incapable of working on my own car. What? And so, yeah, it, it, it's <clears throat> basically I was on the 10th page of Google. I tried every search thing, uh, all of it. My father, on the other hand, instantaneous top Google result, whatever he wanted Why as far as that? Car. that was, that's weird. That's so weird. It, it has to do with the fact that Google, because of the way I search and a lot of things has figured out that I'm a millennial. It has figured out that I am of the generation that tends to not as often work on their own cars, especially when it's repairing a car and not modifying a car. And so because of that, rather than show me the results I want, it shows me the results it thinks I want which end up being taking my car to a service dealership. Whereas <laughs> my father, who is of the generation where you either worked on the car or you were not going out on Friday night because God only knows what could happen to it. He gets the result he needs as far as fixing the car because Google assumes based off his age that he's actually going to go out there and work on it. That's scary. That's scary that Google knows all this yeah. shit. So it made it very, very hard and very frustrating for me to try and do work on my own car because it was assumed I was incapable I'm of doing that. I'm curious on what you typed in and what your father typed same in. Same search, same thing. Same exact keywords down to- Same computer? Uh, different computers. I don't think that has anything to do with it. Yeah. Then how did, I, I don't understand. I'm logged into my Google account. He's logged into his Google When account. I tell you okay. that, yeah, no, Google learning you is such a weird thing. Like I, it absolutely I, What's happens. weird is Google understands me when I talk ass backwards. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, my last two, three little points here is um, millennials are very much empowered by the freelance economy. And very much, Colin is very much a genuine, true millennial where it's, oh, you can't pay me enough? That's fine. I'll freelance all my work and I will get paid a living wage to some degree. I'll just have to do a little extra effort. And that's a huge deal. I mean, OnlyFans, for what, you know, like however you feel about that, that's freelance porn. <laughs> it is personalized freelance porn and people are paying off the butt for it. No shame. Wow. Um, yeah. You know, I, between music, computer repair that I used to do, and now the small construction jobs I'll do on the side, all my stuff is 1099. Four. And that's such a big deal. But that's such a big deal. And it's empowered by our boundless mindsets. Millennials for as much as we only see doom and gloom, we know that if we really put our brains to it, whatever we want at our fingertips. And then from wow. our fingertips, we can make money from it. And I would like to challenge everybody to consider, are we entitled or are we empowered? Interesting. I like that. Yeah. I are think that is a human? huge. Are you entitled or are you empowered? Yep. No, I do think it is a very thin line because obviously... I did define entitled where you feel you are 
Oh my God. Anyway, where you feel you are deserving of something to a degree where it doesn't matter if you do actually deserve it. But if somebody is empowered to gather the information, put in the work, are they then entitled to it or are they still an entitled millennial? Hmm. Um, I would love to have say I ended it off there, but I have a cute little bit of statistics for us to kind okay. of liven the mood because I feel as though we brought it down quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, so I found this statistic set from EngageUSA.com. And this was in 2017, so give it a little bit of salt. But um, no generation is inherently selfish. And I think that's a fair statement. Boomers make up 43% of all charitable giving in the U.S. They give up 49% to um, investigate or 49% of boomers. I apologize. Will investigate a nonprofit before giving it their money. And boomers are the number one supporters of the first responder organization. Millennials are 84% of employed, I'm sorry, 84% of employed millennials are established nonprofit donors. Really? So we might be one of the poorest generations, but if we can scrounge up anything, we are donating it. Absolutely. This one, I think, matters almost as much. This is volunteer efforts. So this is footwork, literal footwork we are putting in. Mm-hmm. Boomers hit 25.7%. Now that is a little low because we have to imagine boomers are getting up there. Like they are older people. So they're not able to do as much. But that's still, that's, that's a hefty amount. Um, 25% you said. 25%. Millennials are 21.9%. Wow. What about Generation X? Smoking both of them at 28.9%. And Gen Z is right up there at 27%. Really? And they are at their oldest. They're like 21. And some, and a lot of these younger people are um, putting in their work. They're all pretty much industry babies. They are putting in the work. A lot of them are starting their own nonprofits. Are they putting in the work so their uh, portfolio looks good? Or are they putting in the work because... Millennials are, or not millennials, I apologize. Gen Z's are very we, not me, as far as I have seen. Now, there's a lot of instances where they are selfish and they are me, 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 but like everybody is so meh. We just had an entire, what, three hours talking about how everybody's selfish. Let's lay off them for just a second and hope. Um, They are putting in a lot of work because they see the need and they're willing to put it in. So they have nothing else to do with their time. I mean, well, they do, they have stuff else to do, but you know what I mean. Like they, right. if they have the energy to put towards something, they will. And I think that is energy that we could all appreciate. Of course, I, I agree with you. It's just interesting the statistics on that. I thought there were some pretty good statistics. I thought they were really feel good statistics. Yeah, and uh, they're really we're all still in this together. Like we never not stopped being in this together, and we all just need to yes. remember that. You also just need to take care of yourself first. Stop pouring from empty cups. Exactly. So we can take care of ourselves so we can take care of others. Absolutely. Well, I think this wraps it up for tonight, Allie. Jesus, it better. (laughs) (laughs) Take me home. (laughs) But uh, join us next time. We don't know what we'll be talking about yet. We'll figure it out. Something. Something indeed. Okay, send us your information, email us, Facebook us, uh, send us your comments. And until then.
Good night. Good day. Whatever. This is Colin cutting in to let you know if you would like, you can go ahead and go to our social media pages. We are on Facebook underneath Something Old, Something New Podcast. We're also on Twitter under GenGap underscore podcast. That's J-E-N-G-A-P underscore podcast. We also have an email that is J-E-N-G-A-P podcast at gmail.com. Again, GenGap podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.